But uh, we're glad that all of you are here and um, <clears throat> thankful for the many blessings of the Lord. And I, I, I started uh, today by, uh, of course, uh, asking about living, uh, uh, loving with a sincere heart. Because the last verse of the book of Ephesians, basically, Paul said, Grace be with you all of them that love our God, Jesus Christ, in sincerity. And Tharsia, um, I, I said it, my, my family said I said it about eight different ways, and that's because on some of the Greek islands, they say it a little different. Uh-huh. <laughs> nah. I'm not a student of Greek, so that was a cop-out. Anyway, uh, Aftharsia uh, is used eight times by Paul and how he, uh, you know, basically it, it, it talks about incorruption and resurrection and a sincerity that can only come with being in the presence of Almighty God. So what you saw here tonight with people raising their hands and loving the Lord and letting his love flow through them was that sense of loving him with sincerity. It is letting him somehow become infused into us because Paul knew the church in Ephesus. He, he the, the spirit warned him that this church is going to be great at working, great at doing hard things, great at laboring, and, and, and it was covered in Revelation, but they have left their first love. They have left that are our, aftharsias, our aftharsia. They have left that aftharsia. Sincerity, whatever word you want to put in there. And, you know, the truth of the matter is that the only person that we can truly love that sincerely is God. And it's that connection that allows us to give a little of that love to other people. And if we don't stay full of that love, we're going to run bankrupt. You know, it's kind of like the old saying, you know, when you get up and your tires are flat on your car and you take it in and then you, you know, you're about to run out of gas and uh, then uh, you get out of the car going home and the dog bites you and then something else and uh, he rips your pants and anyway, by the time you get in, you're out of love. You can't be nice to anyone, you know, because it's drained you dry, if you will. And then it, that's when it's the importance of getting into the love of God. And I, I mentioned that. I read the scriptures in Ephesians and third chapter and fourth chapter and John, first John, and then Ephesians, the fifth chapter. And as it continues on, what Paul told uh, Timothy, and, and he, he, was, he, was, he made these statements like, this love goes beyond knowledge. You can't just say, okay, I'm going to love you that much. Right. It's got to come from the inside out. Right. And that doesn't make a lot of sense when you are 
trying to say, well, you know, exactly, you know, what does that mean and, and how, do I, how do I tap into that? And, and he, he told them, he said, there's a simplicity of, of recognizing when you find yourself, you know, feeling like God's keeping something good, feeling like God didn't do you right, feeling like that, you know, just like Eve was in the garden and had all that good stuff and there was one little tree and somehow the enemy's job was to make her feel cheated. I'm going to tell you, he hasn't changed his tactic in 6,000 years. It's easy to feel like, well, how come this didn't happen to me? How come this, how come, how come, how come, how come, how come? <coughs> and guess what? When I begin to feel that, I step out of the incredible love of God. Because if I truly begin to open up into his presence and let his spirit flow through me, I don't feel cheated at all. I feel blessed. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes. I'm talking to people that have had the Holy Ghost a long time. And yet, you know, the enemy's job is to make you feel like somehow, you know, this is not going your way. And Paul told him in Colossians, he says, then we get to be, you know, we get angry and we have, uh, you know, malice and we get mad and we lie and we put off the old man. Why? Because we don't experience the breadth, the depth, the length, the width of God's love. And so consequently, I feel like somehow the Lord is keeping something good from me. And, you know, I understand you can feel like just that you say, well, does that mean I can't pray? You know, Hannah prayed, Lord, give me a child. You remember the story? Sure, she prayed, Lord, give me a child. You can pray that. But then whenever the preacher who accused her of being drunk said, all right, go on, you'll have a baby. What did she do? Went away rejoicing. She was experiencing the love of God. I've often wondered about poor old Hannah because I've thought, I don't, you know, this guy just messed up on it. He didn't know I was not drunk. Am I going to trust what he has to say? But she took it as, that's God's voice through that man. And so it's going to work. Now, I, I understand that when, it, when we realize that Christ is in us all, and we have to love one another, and, and it's like loving their own body, you know? And even before the infilling of the Holy Ghost, the Lord infused Moses for 40 days with his spirit before he gave him the law. Because you know what immediately happened when he came down from the law? After 40 days of intense presence of God, 
The glory of the Lord was there, devouring the fire on the top of the mountain. And Moses stepped into that. Not one, not, not for an hour, not for 45 minutes, for 40 days. Anybody want to tell me what happened? You all know the story. <laughs> he came down. I know that's never happened to us to come out of a powerful service and somebody make us so mad we could stomp. Huh? Y'all have never seen that. Oh, pastor, I can't believe you would act that way. You know why? He was there for 40 days, but somehow... You say, well, what do we do? How should I respond when things don't go my way? Isaiah had the solution. Rather than to stomp and fuss and cuss and whatever else you have, grit your teeth. He said, if you could somehow remember who it is that loved you, even though you've being carried away to the Assyrians. Look, look, look what he says. You shall have a song. I'm going to give you a song. Even as in the night when a holy solemnity is kept and gladness of heart. He was telling this to people that were fixing to be carried away by the Assyrians. And as one that goeth with a pipe to come into the mountain of the Lord. In other words, don't forget, you have access into the Holy of Holies. You can go into the mountain of the Lord. I know it feels like cussing and fussing and all that, but if you could just remember how much God loves you to give you a free pass to get inside the very presence of God. And then he said, and the Lord shall cause his glorious voice to be heard, and he shall show the lightning down of his arm and with the indignation of his anger and with the flame of a devouring fire and a scattering a tempest and hailstones for through the voice of the Lord shall the Assyrian that's fixing to come and take you captive be beaten down which smote with a rod of iron and every place where the grounded staff shall pass which the Lord shall lay upon him it shall be with tabrets and with harps and in battles of shaking will he fight with it. In other words, if you can praise God when you feel like fussing, if you can praise God when you feel, just say, I'm staying in the presence of God. I'm staying in the love of God. All hope's not lost. Somehow, God still loves me. I know it. God still cares about me. Oh, I'm just going to rejoice about it. 
the love of God. You say, that, that doesn't make sense. It passes all knowledge and understanding. It goes beyond, huh? That's why when David was wrapping up his psalms, he said, praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song and praise in the congregation of saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion sing joyfully in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and heart for the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud in their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. And when you begin to praise, it begins to execute vengeance on the heathen and punishments on the people. It binds kings with chains. It sets things free. Nobles with fetters of iron to execute them